Welcome to another edition of the Destination Polaris podcast. Alexa is off today, and I would typically have a call-in guest, but for the first time ever, we have an in-studio guest. David Upton, Razor Life. David, how are you? I am fabulous. This is uh, awesome. Um, I'm really, really honored that you invited me on. You are our very first in-studio guest. Oh, that's the I see. I didn't even know that. That's 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 really awesome. Right, right, right. Uh, you just walked in the doors ten minutes ago, and you were saying to me, like, "Wow, this place is different than I expected." Yeah. The uh, so so I really thought that I was going to walk into this office, and you were going to be sitting somewhere all by yourself, no one else here, one room office, and this is kind of a big deal. This uh, production studio is really big. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We oh. do a lot of different television shows here besides Destination Polaris, but obviously we're going to talk all off-road today. Now, you are here, and you are you live in Alabama, and you, right now you're sitting in Minneapolis, Minnesota. What the heck are you doing in town, man? Oh, man. Uh, so I was out in uh, Utah, southwest Utah, San Hollow. I uh, spent a few weeks out there, and uh, one of my buddies, uh, Chuck with Trust Audio, is here local. And I have a razor and wanted some audio equipment in it. And I told him, I was like, hey, if I swing by <laughs> uh, Minnesota on my way home from Utah, uh, will you put some stereo equipment in my razor? And that's the most direct route, Utah to Minnesota was, to Alabama, right? It was about a 20, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't a real far out of my way. It was only about a 24-hour swing through out of my way to get home. So, yeah, it's... I- you were in Sand Hollow for UTV Takeover. Yes. For those listeners, tell me about UTV Takeover because I haven't been. So this is my first UTV Takeover. It's not my first time in Sand Hollow, but it was my first UTV Takeover. And man, I'm going to tell you, uh, Jim McIntyre and ho- his guys that that host that put on one heck of an event. It's probably one of the best events that I've ever been to all over the country, and I've been to a lot of events. But uh, they jam-pack a lot of stuff in one event just in a few days. Uh, and I, you know, I don't know what the official count is there. You know, San Hollow is not a huge park for a lot of people to be there to camp and all that. But I'm going to say probably uh, 3,000 people maybe were, were all UTVs. Uh, the vendor area was the largest vendor area I've ever seen in San Hollow. They had actually extended it. And, uh, but the events were, were just fantastic. They kept, if, if you were bored at UTV takeover, you need to have your, your pulse checked. It, there was, there was a lot going on. How many days was the event? Uh, let's see. I think I got there on a Monday and the, I think that's when it officially kicked off was Monday. And then, uh, it was over Saturday night. So it's a, it's a full week. Wow. Wow. So a full slate of events, what's going on? Uh, the, the big thing for me is being from Alabama, you know, we don't have a lot of desert or really high speed stuff. So we don't see a lot of jumps, uh, with the exception of some of the short course races, you know, watching Anderson brothers do all their stuff on YouTube. Really cool. But they have a hook fest competition. Huck fest. Huck fest. Or maybe it's just a hook. I call it hook fest. I I don't know if they call it hook fest or just a hook competition. But uh, so these are guys that are uh, running their razors. To me, I felt like they were just completely redlined. They were wide open and just hit these jumps and go, you know, 150, 175 feet through the air. And they're probably 20 or 30 feet 
straight up. And it is, those people are crazy. And uh, if, if a lot of the people don't know Al Macbeth, Al comes to UTV, he's a UTV takeover athlete. Al did not jump this time. And I was really bummed because, uh, you know, I've seen a few of the videos of Al and Al will just, I, I think he actually holds the sand to sand world record right now. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, but these guys are insane. I mean, just absolutely insane that they're willing to, you know, risk it to get the biscuit. I get for guess for a trophy <laughs> that, that is like, Hey, I've got uh, $60,000, you know, in a modified machine and I'm willing to completely destroy it, but I want a trophy. That's right. That's right. Yeah. I, I'm down for that. So they had the Huck Fest, and then they had a wheelie competition, wheelie. Um, which is which is pretty pretty interesting because uh, if you don't wheelie just right, I see a lot of people trying to do it like a dirt bike and try to balance and go slow. That doesn't work real well on a four wheeled machine because if you go slow, they tend to move to one side or the other. And uh, one guy, I think, just wadded his sixty thousand dollar machine up trying to uh, trying to ride a slow wheelie. Did he get a trophy? Uh, I'm not sure who who, who actually. <laughs> It'd be great if they handed out trophies like that, and they were just all wadded up trophies. And that's, so and, that's, <laughs> and, that's, and that's what it needs. It's what it needs to be. Or what they really need is a coupon, like a coupon trophy for to rebuild your machine. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 pretty interesting to watch some of these guys because me being on the East Coast, um, most of the riding, you know, Alabama, Tennessee, uh, West Virginia, Kentucky, a lot of it is um, wet rock, loose rock. Um, you know, tree roots, things like that, and you get out in the desert and see how different people ride because um, we don't have that back home. I don't even know if we have a, a section long enough for someone to ride a long wheelie uh, or a jump, a, a, a big jump. But uh, th those guys on the West Coast that go to UTV Takeover, I, I just want to say they're crazy. They're just – I, I don't I don't want – you know, mine's one of those, like if I get the tires off the ground – and I get that little stomach feeling of, you know, I'm in the air and I'm, oh, it scares me. <laughs> you know, because I'm, I'm more of a trail rider and rock crawler. So, so jumping is like, no, I'm out. No, y'all, y'all go I'd right be out ahead. too. Yeah. Yeah. I full on spectate. Yeah. Yeah. No, thank you. No, thank you. So you drove all the way out for, from Alabama for UTV Takeover. Yeah. I had, I had actually left uh, a little earlier. So I went to Trail Hero, which is uh, primarily a uh, Jeep rock crawling event. But uh, Keith over at UTV Sports Magazine, he has his own little small uh, UTV rally during Trail Hero. And I would say maybe 100 of us come out on the UTV side of it. And most of them are industry people. We're out there. You know, a lot of the industry, it's, it's, it's a tight-knit group of people. And we all hang out and, and ride together and just kind of create content and have a good time and making fun of each other around the campfire. And it's mostly rock crawling. I mean, that's... For me, Sand Hollow is one of the premier places in the United States to take your UTV and go rock crawling. I'm, I have to uh, sheepishly say that we have yet to go to Sand Hollow. <sighs> and, and for the last couple of years, everyone's going to Sand Hollow right. for a number of reasons. It just feels like that is the place to go. Well, well, one of the things I love about Sand Hollow is that you come in the park, it is a state park, and all the riding is right there. So you don't have to trailer your rig, you know. You don't have to be at the hotel and load up and and go to um to an area like Moab, like how you have to trailer. You know, you may have to trailer ten miles to get to a trailhead. When you're in 
San Hollow, you're in San Hollow. If you want to leave, it's only because you're you've run out of supplies or you want to go eat at one of the local restaurants. You're there, and and it's a good you can spend a good week there and not see the same thing twice. Uh, and that's 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 really where I think San Hollow has grown in popularity as uh, this industry has grown. It's gotten crowded. And then when you go to somewhere like Moab and you come in and there's, you know, maybe a, a, a thousand people there riding UTVs, the trailheads become congested with people pulling their trailers. So I, I think that's where San Hollow is, is really uh, reaching out to more people because you don't have to leave to go have fun. You don't have to go, you don't have to go home. You don't have to drive your, your machine from, from a trailhead or load it on a trailer. You just come back to camp or you rent one of their condos that's in the San Hollow uh, area that you can just, you literally just cross the street and you're at your condominium. You don't have to leave. Now for people who don't know where San Hollow in Utah is at, where's it located? Uh, I know you're trying to catch me here because of my <laughs> Southern accent and uh, it is hurricane. <laughs> Because apparently people can't say hurricane in uh, southern Utah, but it is in Hurricane, Utah. You tried to catch me on that. I know that's what you were trying to do. I only say that because we were just filming there in Hurricane uh, last year, during last season. But we didn't go to San Hollow. That wasn't part of our schedule. Really? We didn't that day. But you we went did to go. Hurricane and did not go to San Hollow. It was right there. It was right there. We did went to that waterfall that's that's there in Hurricane. Uh, yeah, Toker, Tokerville Falls. Yes, yeah. which is the best waterfalls I've ever mm. been to as far as like being able to ride your vehicle up and on the right. waterfall. There isn't another one that I've ever seen that's like that. In you the, can ride in, up two waterfalls yeah. and kind of take a look at them that are pretty cool in various places, but not that you can ride on it. Yeah, and it's it's a beautiful trail to get to get to it. Um, I. I say that I haven't been on that, but I see all my buddies go to it, and they tried to get me. You know, Aaron with PRP tried to get me to get up and go with them to Tokerville Falls. I had a lot of work to do, and I was like, "Ah, oh, it's really just trail riding. I want to rock crawl." And so I'm just going to stick behind. And then came back and looked on social media with you know Blake Wilkie and and uh, Adrian. God, I hate trying to say Adrian's last name. <laughs> Ariana. I just talked to him about that uh, last week. That we all call him Adrian. But uh, sounds right. But yeah, but they but they had some really good pictures and video of Tokerville Falls. And one of these days, I'm gonna I'm gonna bite the bullet and ride out there for that uh, that really cool, beautiful ride. And you had uh, three thousand people there, all Southwest, or did they get people from all over the country? Oh no! So um, I was actually I was actually watching as the weeks led up to UTV takeover and how many people were talking about it on social media, and I was surprised to see some of the guys from uh, like Washington, the Washington area. Which is a pretty good, you know, pretty good drive. Maybe not quite as far as it is from Alabama, but uh, no, there were people from all over. I would say, you know, the Western United States. You know, we had people from Texas there, uh, people from Colorado. You know, always a ton of people from Southern California, you know, coming in. But it was a it was a pretty diverse group of people, but mainly West Coast. Or what I would call West Coast. Because anything west of Mississippi to me is West Coast. Right. <laughs> <laughs> when I used to live in California, and uh, I will say the five because it's Highway 5, but everyone refers to it, the five. Um, that runs right through California. And if it was east of the five, that was east for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> the five was like, mm, that's the beach and the five and everything. East of that was just east coast after that. <laughs> for me, I always, I always, because for me, it's uh, I-5 or Interstate 5. And uh -huh. I, I make fun of everybody in California and they laugh at me for it because, you know, they'll go like, 
Uh, so you take the five to the 101. I'm like, oh, wait, 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 back up, back up. 101 what? Is that like County Road 101? <laughs> Highway 101? I was like, you need to be a little bit more specific. Nope. The, take the five to the 405 <laughs> to the 101. Yep, yep. <laughs> That's exactly how that works. There's actually a story behind that. I read it one time, and I can't remember it, but there's a story as to why they say it the way they do out there like that. It's incorrect. That's why they say it. It's, in, it's, in, it's the incorrect way. I would, you know, like uh, like you just said, get, it, getting directions from someone in California is, a, it's different, but equivalent to getting directions from someone in Alabama, where they say, may say, take County Road 101, and as soon as you see the second oak tree on the right that has a peach tree right by it, make a ride on that dirt road. So it's kind of the same thing. If I get somebody on the West Coast and I have to give them directions to get to my house, they're like, what? Forget and it. I'm like, well, you can't Google map my house. Forget it. Now, every time I, I see you run into you, David, you are all over the country. Yes. Anybody else doing what you do as far as the amount of miles you put on, the people you visit, the places you visit, the events you go to, all of that stuff? I don't think so. Not I mean, there. it's something I've been doing now for... Um, I want to say since around 2014 where I, I looked at, you know, I want to travel and go to events and meet people and experience different areas around the country to ride. And, uh, you know, I've got friends, it seems like, in every in every area, but everybody's always surprised when I come pulling up, going like, what are you doing here? And I'm like, well, I mean, there's something going on. I wanted to be here. So, so no, I, I don't see anyone else that does it quite as much as I do as often that tries to come to every single event all over the country. Cause I've so far now, I've, I think I've taken my, my razor in every state, the lower 48, not you know, talking Alaska and Hawaii, uh, every state with the exception of five that I have, I have had that razor in tow behind my truck. Which five are you missing? Oh, somebody asked me that. The Come other on. Day. If you're going to say that, I'm going to ask you the question. So I know it was North Dakota, Washington, Oregon, uh, Rhode Island, Oh, see, this is what I went through. It's somewhere. I've, I've got one somewhere else in the Northeast, but they're also uh, New York. I haven't been to New York. Okay. Um, no, I have. I'll take that back. I have been to New York. Dang it. What is the? I don't know what the last one is. We well, could uh, pick off Washington and Oregon pretty easy. Uh, well, you know, we looked at that last year. Uh, uh, Aaron Wedeking, uh, John Crowley with UTV Guide, and myself were taking um, uh, it was a month long trip for me. Uh, I think John just came in the last two weeks, but we had started in, um, I think, Utah and went into Arizona, Southern California, and we were working working our way to the Rubicon. And but, John's backyard. Yes. Yeah. It was like 20 minutes from his house. Yeah. It's only like 2,200 miles from mine. <laughs> um, and that's where we were going to end was at the Rubicon. We were, you know, just named our little trip Road to Rubicon. I actually started posting stuff on Facebook about it. And because of all the wildfires – Last year in California, there was no dispersed camping. And for uh, the people maybe listening that's never been to the Rubicon, everything at the Rubicon is dispersed camping. There, There is a campground uh, close to Loon Lake, but that time of year that it's closed. Um, so we could not do Rubicon because there was nowhere to go. We could go and unload and go ride, but it was like an hour and a half from the trailhead back to civilization. And so we just made the decision to scratch that for another year. And then, of course, this year, uh, I think South Tahoe had, had fire, so we couldn't do it again this year. And now they got a ton of snow. And uh, Yeah. <laughs> right now. And, but that was one of the things, because I was asking John, okay, we go to the Rubicon. How far is 
like Winchester Bay or, and he was like, oh, you're like maybe nine hours, which is like half day drive for me because I drive so much. So, oh, that's not far. I could just run up there and, and do that. But it's, it's, it's all in timing. When, when I try to do events, just like I did Trail Hero in San Hollow, and then I turned around and did UTV Takeover, there was a week between that. So I left everything out here and flew home for a week and then came back. So it makes it really hard when they have UTV Takeover in Oregon for me, or I think there's a, a rock crawl competition going on uh, in Washington in a couple of weeks. And it's hard for me to stay gone for months, uh, and it's hard for me to load up my rig and drive it, you know, 22 to 2,500 miles just for one thing and back. I try to, I try to make a, a circle of, of things go on, just like I did here where I was in Utah uh, a couple of weeks, and then you know, swung up through to Minneapolis, and uh, and then I'll head home from here, and maybe rest for a couple of weeks before I decide to put uh, four dollar a gallon fuel in my truck next time. <laughs> it's making it very hard. Mm-hmm. It's making it very hard to want to uh, travel when I look at uh, the little green flashing sign going down the interstate, letting me know how much my next. Uh, gallon of diesel fuel is going to cost. Right, right, right. Now, you have traveled all over the country and met tons of people. Do you have a favorite? Because it's a question I get asked all the time because they know we travel all over the country. Do you have a favorite place, location that you just are like, man, this would be the spot if I was just going to call a permanent spot home, this is it? Ooh, and I do get asked that, and it's it's a hard answer to to say. It's like trying somebody going like, which one's your favorite child? You know, it's like God, so I love I love so much. It's hard to pick one. But if I were to ever leave Alabama, my wife and I actually just had this conversation last year. If I were to ever leave Alabama and choose another state to live in for the reason of off roading, it probably would be Southern Utah. And I, and I see, I actually have a couple of friends uh, that grew up in Alabama that have moved to Southern Utah uh, for that reason as well, just off-roading. But as far as like just just the best place to ride, there is no best place. You know, obviously depends on how you like to ride. And I'm primarily a rock crawler, but uh, you know, I really love Johnson Valley where they have King of the Hammers. Uh, I mean, I enjoy going to King of the Hammers, but I also enjoy going to Johnson Valley outside of King of the Hammers where it's not crowded and I can enjoy, enjoy a, a weekend of rock crawling. But, uh, you know, Sand Hollow is a great place. Uh, Moab is an absolutely beautiful place. To, I always tell everybody, get that off your bucket list. Quit saying one day and, and just make it happen. Moab is a beautiful place. Uh, the Black Hills of South Dakota is, one of, to me, one of the, just the most scenic, beautiful places to ride. Um, I've yet to, but I say that, and I just listened to your last podcast talking about going to Idaho and other than St. Anthony sand dunes, I have not ridden, um, in the, like the wilderness trails of Idaho. And I really, really want to do that. Uh, it's, and I say that's on my bucket list and I, and I tried to do that last year. Um, Corey, uh, Scoran or score, I'm not sure how you say his last name. Um, who's, uh, living the outdoor life on, Instagram. I know who you're talking about. Yeah. Yep. And uh, former what? What is hockey he, player? Hockey player. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Um, and he's been trying to get me to come up. And last year, I I made the plan. I was like, okay, so I'm going to do rally on the rocks, and then I'm going to leave from there and cut up through and go to Idaho. And you know, Corey said, hey, just we'll guide you. We'll take care of everything. Just show up and we'll go ride. And then of course, COVID, like everything else, ruined that trip for me last year and I haven't been able to reschedule that but you know and I watch you know Destination Polaris and see you guys in Idaho and just the the views are 
insane. I would I would love to get up there and ride through some of the forest. It the is, forest roads. Um, and and reminded because we were just there a few weeks ago. All the land and all the trails are public. There's no private stuff going on, so it's just this wide open expanse of ride wherever you want up there. And we were in two places that are not the most well-known places, and we don't always go to the most well-known places right. for for a reason. Everyone knows about those right. places. You know, we could go to Stanley or Mackey, and a lot of people know about those places in Idaho. But we went to Coolin. You know, two hours north of Coeur d'Alene, and we went to Avery, a little small town two hours east of Coeur d'Alene, to go ride in those places because they're just, they're off the map a little bit. Right. And they're a little more secluded and a little more quiet. And just like, yeah, we could just pick all the places everybody knows. But what fun is that? You know? Yeah, but then, you know, but then that's the thing. Then you go do it, and you put your television show on, and millions of off-roaders all over the world now know about your secret little place. And then I'm gonna put that on my list. Go ahead. You're not the first person. You're not the first person who watches the show and says, "Like, I just watch your show, and that's how I make my list of places that I want to go." Right. And it is. It's you know, I was actually looking uh, uh, through my email this morning to see when you and I first ever had any any correspondence, and it was. Uh, I delete all your emails. And it was, so yeah. you know. <laughs> I think it was like February of 2011. Is is when you uh, and I yeah. for it, it, it's been a while. Matter of fact, your uh, your second child was about to be born when Woo. when uh, when we first started talking through email, and uh, and I was like, wow, I can't believe that I've you know I technically known you for yes. for, for that long. Uh, I'm not even sure how how long. What year did you start the Destination Players, the television show? Well, we're filming our 13th season. I want to say we started in 2008. Okay. Um, because maybe it was 2009, but I feel like it was 2008 because we had just gone through in October of that year a big uh, collapse in the stock market. Right. You know, if you're old enough to remember that stuff, and uh, we just. I think had signed the deal with Polaris right before or after that. It was right before it was July. They did, they were doing their dealer show here in town, and and that happened right after that. And they're like, "You guys, lucky you got the deal done to do the show then, because it never would have happened uh, if if uh, you were trying to get it done after that." And so it was, it was July two thousand eight. We did our first filming. Okay. Yeah. And because I remember watching that, the you know the Razor had had just launched. Right. Yeah, and I had picked up mine in, I think it was late 2007 when they actually hit hit the dealers. And, of course, you had Destination Polaris. And I was like, oh, I, I, found, a, I found a show <laughs> that's for me. <laughs> that's, that's for, you know, just for me. And uh, like I said, 2011, I, was organ I wasn't in the industry in, in, back then, but I was uh, an enthusiast. Uh, maybe, you know, uh, maybe more of a fanboy than an enthusiast. I was really big into Polaris. Uh, even even as a high schooler was big with the you know Polaris ATVs, but um, I was trying to organize just a little ride local in Alabama, and I reached out through the, like the contact us on uh, Destination Polaris's website, and you replied, and it was um, it was like a superstar had just you know I mean it was like I just emailed George Clooney and he emailed me back. You sure that was me? Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's you know it was it was a big deal. I'm like, oh, this guy on TV actually responded to my email. But the funny thing is, now you since then went from just sort of an enthusiast to starting Razor Life. 
Yes. You know, and how long has Razor Life been around? Uh, since 2012, shortly, you know, not, not long after I had spoke to you. So, you know, Facebook was uh, and is a great platform to reach out to your old high school friends. That was how it started for me, just, you know, catching up with high school friends. But when they started the platform of groups, that was huge. Because I'm like, oh, we can we can do a group and talk to like-minded people around the country that have the same interests. So, yeah, I think it was November of 2012, um, you know, we started uh, the group Raise Your Life. And the big thing of getting people then, so groups weren't po- wasn't popular on Facebook. They didn't have suggested groups or anything like that. So part of my traveling was, you know, I used to carry up, and I still do, in my truck. If you ever see me out on the road and you're, I'm in my truck and you want to raise your life sticker, just ask. I keep them in my truck, and that was kind of my thing as I was going around and telling people about the Facebook group and giving them a sticker and, hey, love to have you in the group. And it's, you know, a bunch of like-minded uh, razor enthusiasts that uh, we can all talk about uh, different places around the, the country to ride because before social media, you know, we had we had TV. But you couldn't, I couldn't look at the TV and go, hey, Jared, hang on. Can you stop right there a minute? I need to ask you a question, you know, about that. So that that's really the cool thing with social media is that you had other enthusiasts sharing pictures and photos of different riding areas around the country. And it's funny, uh, I do travel the entire country. You know, I went to New Hampshire for the first Camp Razor they had in New Hampshire. Of course, I go to Camp Razor when they have it in Glamis uh, and uh Everybody in this industry are really the same. We're all just good old boys that like to enjoy our time, you know, outdoors, off-roading with our friends and family, sit around the campfire at night. And that's one of those things I tell them everywhere I go. I'm like, man, y'all are just a bunch of rednecks like me. You just talk funny. You got a weird accent. I've never heard that accent before. So, uh, so yeah, that's, that's really cool. I don't know that I've ever traveled around the country and like walked up to someone that was driving a razor and go like, that guy doesn't belong here. He doesn't, he doesn't fit in because it's, it's, we all fit in. We all just have different accents and maybe different pay grades. (laughs) Cause that's, that's one of the things I look at East coast versus West coast, man. Some of those Southern California guys got some serious, serious, Money and aftermarket parts, and they're that they do. Their, yes, that they do. Now, your little grassroots handing out stickers started just in your truck, and it's grown to how many? Yeah, so we have 93,000 and some odd uh members in, in Razor Life today, and they're from all over the country. And I believe we have about 22 countries people representing 22 countries from around the world that are razor enthusiasts as well is there a bigger group david uh there there actually is there there is a larger group that had a um a big um explosion in the last year on facebook we used to be one of three razor groups and was always the largest up until the last the last year or so um don't know why facebook okay. you know facebook algorithm sure don't, don't know don't know. I don't understand that. I can't find anybody sure. that works at Facebook. Now you're still doing all either. your stuff on Facebook, but you got your Instagram, you got your YouTube. Yeah. So the so the Facebook uh, group is a group. It's for everybody to communicate with each other. And of course, I have the fan page on Facebook that's Razor Life, where I put uh, content. Uh, my Instagram, which is Razor Life, on on uh, for the gram. I don't do a ton of Instagram stuff, 
and recently have started a YouTube channel trying to edit some of the places I go and the people I'm with and uh, try to answer questions. I mean, one of the most popular things I ever did was uh, made a YouTube video of my camper. So I thought that was the weirdest thing. So I showed my camper setup, which is it's not really original in the South, but, uh, you know, it's a big trailer with a little truck camper on it, and I can haul two four-seat razors on it. And people think that's just the coolest thing in the world. Uh, it's it's very southern. It's a very southern thing to do, I guess, but uh, it works out great for me. That where people go out and spend you know hundred plus thousand dollars on these big fifth wheel toy haulers to be able to fit a couple of machines in. Um, I'm about a, at a fifth of what they have in a big toy hauler, and it works out well for me. And I can haul whatever I want to all over the country. What I love about yours, David, is. Yours are just very so down to earth. I mean, you're posting when you're just driving in your truck. Yeah. You're posting when you're getting gas, complaining about how much gas costs. Yeah. Uh, well, you you know, you're just too. yeah, I saw that one too. <laughs> uh, you know, and you're just it's sort of like this is my life, and this is where I'm going, and this is what I'm doing, and it's not you're not trying to do anything fancy. You're not no. trying to like be a certain way or act. You're just being you all the time. And I gotta imagine people are really drawn and connected to you because of that. You know, I I, I hope so. Um, I, I'm not trying to be something that I'm not, you know, I'm just an enthusiast like everybody else that, that likes to go ride. And, uh, you know, I have my complaints like the price, the price of fuel. Um, and, uh, I'm just an everyday Joe that, uh, that really just quit his job in 2012 and said, you know, I just, I just want to travel and ride. <laughs> and everybody always asks me that. So how do you do that? So what do you, yeah. So, so, so what do you do for a living? And I'm like, um, uh, nothing. I, I no, or, or oh, you're retired, and I go well. Usually, the term retirement means that I have some type of like funds, like a retirement fund, and I have money or some type of retirement coming in. And I'm like, no, I basically just quit my job, and and I learned learned how to basically make enough money to put fuel on my truck and and uh, accessories for my for my razor and keep on going, and that's. And I tell people to do what I do. You pretty much have to sacrifice, you know, material things. And uh, and I've never looked back, and I've enjoyed every minute of it. And a lot of it has to do with, you know, in the spectrum of things, life is short. The older you get, you start realizing just how short it is. And I don't want to go in the grave knowing that I have a bucket list that's overflowing of things that I didn't do. So I started knocking those things out while I was still young enough to enjoy them. Man. Man, because I get a lot of the same things. Like, can I come with you on your trips? I want your job oh. sort of thing. And uh, like, can I go? And I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I actually had somebody say that. I'll meet that, you uh, there. I'll meet you there. Of, of, of one of my posts that I made the other day, and he was like, man, I need to come to work for you. I won't ask for any money, <laughs> and I'll work on your and I'll work on your razor. And I'm like, gosh, so we're on the same pay scale. That's you know, you need to come good because I don't get paid any money, and I have to work on my own razor. So we, you might fit in just great. Great, yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. Oh, I, it's it, so are you? Are you? You're almost at a hundred thousand members. Then yes, really close. really close to. Are we going to have a big members. deal? Or is there going to be a big? Uh, I know you give away stuff all the time. Yeah, as we well. do, we do some uh, parts giveaways and some razor razor giveaways. Um, and it was one of the things I talked with 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 sponsors uh, about a few years ago that I really wanted to do a razor giveaway at a hundred thousand members, and uh, that's still in the plan. It may not be in the plan of my pocketbook, 
but it is still in the plans uh, to when we hit 100,000 members to give away a razor. Um, you know, I, I hope that I'm not going to be eating crow in three weeks, but that is one of those things that's kind of I've just been slowly putting money back to cover that, and I've had people like, you're an idiot. Who gives away a razor because of how many members they have? And I'm like, you know, I mean, I, I want to. I mean, that's that's – that's one of my goals is to give back because I appreciate all my members. You know, I travel the country and I'll get somebody come up to me and go like, oh, I, you know, I follow you on Facebook and I'm in your group and I'm super appreciative. And like, hey, I appreciate every member that comes in there and um, because they are the group. The members are what makes the group. I'm not what makes the group. You know, I mean, I have my, you know, my fan page or my Instagram and that's more about me and what I do. But the group is about the members for them to share uh, their own experiences, whether it be where they ride or the parts that they use or trouble troubleshooting, uh, you know, a mechanical issue that may like, you know, this weekend we had um, one of the riders with us and he was like, man, it's, I'm getting an overboost code and I don't know what's going on. So we just changed his belt. Everything worked out great. And I said, you know, it's, it's, it's really weird, but, uh, or it's not weird, but we all share the same experience and, and we learn from our own and we try to teach each other. So that was the thing. I don't know what's going on with this. Oh, your belt's slipping. Just, just change the belt. You got too many miles on your belt, time to change the belt. And that's really what the group was, was for, was for everybody to share their experiences, good and bad. Um, you know, unfortunately as social media, uh, has grown in popularity. Um, some people use social media as an outlet to tell you what they really think. So you get a lot of rude people on social media sometimes that aren't aren't that helpful, and that's with all social media. Uh, so you have to overlook some of that. Some of that you just have to, you know, shrug it off your shoulders, and uh, and and move on. Well, when you're as big as you are at this point yeah. in time, you know, there's a lot of people coming after yeah, you. Why are you getting on me about my weight now? <laughs> well, I, you know, David. We uh, we talk a lot of Razor. You do Razor Life, and uh, they're, speaking of social media, there's a little rumor that there's a brand new machine uh, in the works and yeah. coming out here. And uh, I think I saw a post. You about think you see that. a post? I think, yeah. You know, I've been really busy the last couple of weeks, so I haven't had a chance to really do a lot of social media. <laughs> but I think I saw maybe in my Instagram story something. That, something about an R. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And and. You know, it'd be really great since I'm in Minnesota. It'd be really great to be able to just like take off and and like bust through the doors of Polaris and go, I gotcha. <laughs> but but yeah, really excited about that. So yeah, talk to me about it. I mean, this has been something that's been in the works for uh, or talked about now for it feels like the better part of a year plus. Oh no, it's definitely years. Years. It's definitely been years. Uh, and I, and I think back, you know, going back to you know the original 50 inch razor. Um, that I've always, it's one of the things with me being a fanboy with Polaris, um, that they innovate, they continue to innovate. And so I was really excited when we started hearing rumors of a four-cylinder going in a Polaris Razor. God, I want to say it was maybe 19 when I first heard that this might happen. And uh, so apparently, you know, it's happening. It's it's, happening. It's, it's, a, it's a real deal. Polaris has put out some... Uh, posts on social media letting us know that the R is here. Yep. And uh, two, So give me your take two, on it. You've been waiting, talking about it for a while. Give me your take on it. I wish I could say that I was one of the test drivers for Polaris so I could just go like, it's awesome, it's so fast, but I'm not. Uh, but I'm really excited about it because we're going to be looking at two, maybe 200-plus horsepower and a naturally aspirated 
machine, you know, we're going to be, you know, longer, wider, faster, more power. I mean, really, for me, I'm excited about torque. I mean, you know, four-cylinder, two-liter, four-cylinder, we're definitely going to have more torque on a rock crawler, so that's uh, exciting for me. And I, and I do do some some desert uh, riding. You know, I have raced King of the Hammers a couple of times. I've raced UTV World Championships. Uh, I'm not good at it, but I uh, did it for fun. But I'm excited to see just how many hose pressures we're going to be getting out of this four-cylinder because um, the, and the possibilities from there uh, as far as uh, forced induction, you know, where the aftermarket guys are going to come in and start seeing – uh, some of these drag guys really coming up with really fast machines, but I'm excited about it. I'm excited to see the next evolution of uh, UTV if that's what they decide to classify it as as a UTV. Uh, you know, went through went through that whole thing with Rova and trying to explain Rova and the classification of a UTV that this they might be a UTV or they might just call it an off road vehicle. I don't know. I'm curious to see how that goes. The Polaris is. They're, they've gotten rid of the Turbo S, which everyone seemed to love. I mean, if they hit a sweet spot with a vehicle, it was the Turbo S for the longest time, and now they're coming out with the R. What's going to be the biggest difference? I mean, you mentioned some of it, David, but, I mean, is it going to be that much of a difference for your everyday average rider? Um, well, you know, I, I saw that on social media, all, all of the boo birds out there screaming about the Turbo S uh, being pulled off the market as, as well as the 64-inch XP Turbo. And it made sense to me with the with the the pro platform being the next generation razor. They're not going to just keep making it. Uh, they're going to move over and transition all machines into the new platform. So it only made sense for me for them to discontinue the Turbo S so they could produce uh, the Pro R or um, or what nobody seems to be talking about right now is the Pro S. It seems like the Pro R has overshadowed everything. And, uh, you know, that we actually have two machines coming out. I say we, like I'm part of it. <laughs> we as enthusiasts. I think he just gave himself away right yeah, there. We yeah, we as enthusiasts, you know, there's there's another machine that's not being talked about, which is the actual replacement of the Turbo S in, in the Pro S. You know, the, the Pro R is going to be its own machine. And, and I'm saying, let me go ahead and clarify really quick. I have no inside information. This is all Internet speculation that, I have just as much information as everybody else on social media, but um, you know, going over patent drawings, which is one of the things that's I don't know if it's become like a pastime for me, just to sit there and you know, start looking and see what what Polaris has patented. And there are a lot of things that Polaris has patented have never come out and uh, and and never will because you know, we're beyond that point. You can see things from years past that they thought about coming out with. Um, but yeah, I think we're going to see the. You know, an, another machine to replace the Turbo S that is not the Pro R that we're going to have a Pro S. And for me, uh, that I'm not really that interested in doing, you know, high-speed desert racing with a four-cylinder, but I am excited about rock crawling with a four-cylinder. Um, and then those that maybe the price point, because that's one thing we, we're all waiting to hear is, okay, how much is, the, how much is this Pro R going to be? Um, that you still have the step down with the Pro S that's going to be basically the Pro R with, you know, guessing the same 181 horsepower uh, Pro XP engine. My concern somewhat, and just for me personally, was how wide they were going to be. Because I just went riding last uh, weekend up in uh, northern Minnesota, and they had some trails where they had posts. 
And my oh, razor yeah. Yeah. just barely fit yeah. through on either side of those posts, or a bridge, or something like right. that, where they built the bridge just wide enough to fit certain right. machines, and you get a machine that's seventy-two inches or whatever. It's right. never going to be able to go on some of those. Well, machines. and that and that's one of the things that we talk about on social media with as they get bigger, more powerful, you know, wider, heavier. That there are some restrictions around the country where you where you can't take a. Uh, you know, there are places you can't take a 60-inch machine. You know, there are places that's, you know, what the reason of the uh, the um, Razor Trails are for, the 50-inch machines, so you can get them in some of the places that have width restrictions. Uh, that's not as big a deal in the southeast or in the southwest. Uh, so, and, you know, like I tell people that, you know, Polaris makes the machine for where you ride. It may not, You may not get a 200-horsepower 50-inch Razor, but, you know, Polaris does accommodate, you know, everybody in the country with a machine that's legal to ride in their area. And, you know, it's like, you know, hey, if you want to, you know, you want to drive a Pro-R, you know, however wide that actually looks to me to be wider than 72 inches, it looks like a, like a big machine. Uh, but, you know, hey, if you want to experience uh, a Pro-R, you're probably going to have to make a trip to somewhere Polaris is going to be with demos in some of the western or, or southern states. I mean, it's just like me. I mean, I would love to get a trophy truck in in the trail system of Alabama, but hey, it don't fit. <laughs> you know, so so you know, it's just the way it is. Different yeah. different different types of riding, different sides of trails. And, you know, I believe like, you know, when I get up into in Maine and New Hampshire, some of those width restrictions have to do with uh, their snow their snowmobile trails that sure. people are riding on. Uh, when there is no snow, so they they restrict the width. You know, and I think a lot of that has to do with well, you know, we don't want people out in their jeep riding snowmobile trails, and because they do maintain those. What gets people so spun up about when, say, Polaris launches a new vehicle or creates a new platform? Because we were at the Sand Show talking about it, and everyone was talking about it at the Sand Show, and you know, they're just like launch the new machine already guys you know or what's it going to be like what what in their mindset gets everyone so fired up when Polaris does come out with something that is a you know quote unquote game changer well the thing about it is is all all of us as as UTV owners um uh we all love the sport we're all very competitive with each other um even if it's you know it's kind of like the old Ford Chevrolet jabs that everybody does or Dodge or whatever but, uh, you know, anytime something new's coming out, for me, I'm extremely excited, regardless of the manufacturer, because it's what drives the industry. You know, it's, uh, you know, innovation that that's pushing us through. I mean, even like now with live valve shocks, you know, when live valve came out, I was like, oh, my God, electronic shocks on an off-road machine? That's it's not a BMW. What is, what is going on? So, uh, to me, that's what I get excited for, because anytime something new comes out, it means that another manufacturer is going to try to one up, you know, Polaris, which Polaris is going to turn and go, okay, well, what's next for five years from now that we can one up this? So it's, uh, you know, and that's my whole thing. I'm still waiting on, uh, hopefully in my lifetime, that we'll have the, you know, Luke Skywalker land speeder. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and we that's, all are. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, who would have even thought, you know, 20 years ago that I could get directions on my phone, you know, that I could, you know, pull up a GPS. It would show exactly where I am and show me exactly where I want, so that where I want to go. So that tree, that peach tree down where, where you're at. Yeah. You know, where the yeah. turn at. Yeah. And, the, and then now with, with Ride Command, that I can go like to San Hollow and the trails are on already built into uh, the GPS on, on my dash, which is just, you know, it, it's mind-blowing in such a short time 
where the evolution of UTs, UTVs have gone, you know, just the simple fact that I have, you know, I got a backup camera and, you know, I can look at my GPS or, you know, we're able to, I didn't even know this until two weeks ago that I could use ride command to text Mm-hmm. Someone else. I didn't know that was that was even an option. And some of the, we were in a we were in a group ride. So same thing, group ride. I can keep up with with all my friends. And then I you know I look on the screen and it says, "Hey, let's go." Where did that come from? How does that? And I had to ask him, "How did you do that? Show me, <laughs> show me how to do that." I like that. That's that's cool. But you know, I think that's the whole thing is you know everybody in the industry we start thinking about you know horsepower. I want more. I want more power. And I can remember with the you know the eight hundred S when I had it. I'm like. And they came out with the the XP nine hundred. I'm like, this is stupid. Why do we need this much horsepower? This is this is insane. And uh, and now I'm on that end of it of like more. Give me give me more. He's okay. on the, he's on okay. the juice. Give me, give me more. I just need just a, just a little little bit more horsepower. Just just a little bit. So it gets ex- excited about it. You know, same thing when we look at the the automotive industry, where you know when I when I was a kid and we you know you had a Camaro with a uh, 350 in it and you were pumping out 185 horsepower you know and you were the cool kid in, in high school and now we have you know cars that are regularly in the 450 to 500 horsepower range and some you know cars that are in the 700 horsepower range and that's what it is more I think I think we just want everybody wants more so if I looked if I went over to Polaris right now 10 minutes from here and I, yeah. and I and I and I pulled up on their computer their list of people who have a, a an R coming to them. Where are you on that list, David? I don't know. No. I don't know. You know, that's one of those things um, that you know I always go like am I relevant? I'm getting older uh, as we all are. I'm getting a little bit closer to the grave and at what point is uh, too old to be relevant. I haven't figured that one out yet because apparently it's not 49 years old. I'm not too old to be relevant now, uh, but that's coming. So, so I don't know. That's, that's one of those things that I try to stay in um, marketing's ear probably more. Sorry, Rachel, you know, I love you, but um, you know, I'm not, I know I bug you a lot, but, uh, but you know, I try to stay in their ear uh, all the time to make sure that when that day comes and machines, the loaner machines go out or the media press events invites go out that at least my name, you know, it might be the, God, would y'all invite David Uptain so he'll quit bugging us. Um, but I don't know. I hope, I hope my name's on that list. I, I hope. That's the best place to get them, by the way, the press event, because they're all there. Just take one home. Oh, yeah. Well, see, that was kind of my thing. I mean, you know, yeah. that's brought my big trailer, and I brought. I actually have a Turbo S with me uh, on this trip, but I don't have anything else. So there's actually an empty spot on my trailer right now that I think a Pro-R would fit. So just 40 minutes north of here is the R&D facility. That's what I said. I mean, mm-hmm. I need to just bust in the door. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get past the gate first. Uh, well, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm from the south. We can, you you know, we can sweep. I just wait we, for someone to come out and then just go Well, away. you know, one thing, one yeah. thing I learned, and it, it was probably through TikTok. I, I don't know where I saw it. Uh, but one thing that I learned is if there is security access or you got to have a ticket to get in or an armband or whatever is uh, just walk in with a ladder and nobody stops you <laughs> no matter where you're at. They always think your maintenance doing something, say nothing, just ha- just have a ladder with you and walk by and go, you know, hey, how you doing today? And they'll just let you ride on it. Right. So. I'm, I'm here to, uh, for, to check on your uh, subunit and master control. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's uh, back there somewhere. Yeah, go. Uh, yes. Yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great idea, man. It's this. It's exciting though when there's there's news and stuff going on because I feel like the last couple of years it's just been anticipation. 
It has. It's been it's been kind of stagnant for the last couple of years, and a lot of that again is you know we've had we've had a pandemic going right. on, and uh, it's kind of tough to have events or you know even for people to go to work. You know has been an issue in the in the year the last year. Uh, so I think a lot of things have been put on hold. Uh, but one thing that's really surprised me. So when um, you know when COVID hit back in early uh, of 2020. And I had went to the, I almost didn't go to the Mint because COVID had just hit and I was a little worried, you know, Vegas crowded place and, uh, which I actually caught COVID at the Mint. I got home and I had COVID, but, uh, but, um, I thought what happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Yeah. What didn't it came to Alabama? <laughs> what happened, what happened in Vegas came right back home to Alabama. So, so I, you know, so I got, I got COVID and one of the things that I talked to with a lot of people in the industry was like, you know, Hey, I'm worried this, this industry is fixing to just take a nosedive because it is a leisure, you know, it's a pleasure. It's a leisure. It's uh, you know, it's play money. It's I'm not paying my bills. These are, you know, the anything that's leisure is, is extra money. So I was kind of concerned that the money wasn't going to be there and the industry was going to take a nosedive. But what I, in actuality, what happened was everybody got sent home and couldn't go on vacation. You know, all the major, you know, the beaches were closed. Uh, you know, the, the theme parks were closed. So what people ended up doing was buying campers and buying razors and going to destination points around the country. And uh, it boomed. I mean, this last year has been... Um, huge growth for the industry of how many new people are getting into uh, off-roading and UTVs, seeing a lot of new people in in the last year or so. You know, with that being said, yeah, maybe we don't need anything new right now. Everything's going great, and, and uh, you know, the, all the manufacturers are having trouble getting uh, the machines produced and because of supply chain shortages uh, because of the last year. So maybe we just don't need anything new right now. And then, bam, here it is. No, no, here we go. Here's 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 something new. Right. But to your point, you just came from an event. Machines coming out. Mint 400s here in a, a few more weeks or so. Um, things are churning again. You know, things are happening again. Things oh, are kind of it's, kind of getting back to normal. I guess a it bit. it is, and that that is great to see, especially when it comes to the events. A lot of events got canceled. Uh, you know, obviously we're now two years in without a Camp Razor Glamis, which is you know it hurt, hurt hurt my heart pretty bad when I found out no no Glamis for Halloween for for me. Um, but yeah, it's really cool to see a lot of the events picking back up and the attendance at those events because you know we have we have a lot of new owners now. You know, not a lot of new razor owners, so there's more people coming to events. And uh, to, to me, with the growth of the industry, you know, I make new friends. There's more. There's more friends. More people that own razors. The more people I get to shake hands with, and 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 uh, hang out with, and go ride with, and uh, play cornhole with, or sit around the smudge pot at night. And uh, it's it's great. That's I mean, awesome. I, 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 I'm glad the world's starting to turn again. Now. Um, you're going home after this. Um, you leave Minnesota and you. Drive when I home? leave the state of Minnesota, yes, I will be headed south. Um, I actually am uh, being that little, you know, fly that's buzzing your ear uh, with players right now, trying to get into the. I'll <laughs> drive you over there. We'll go over there for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> Try, trying to get in, trying to get a little bit of access because you know, as as. Uh, you know, today's date of us of us doing this right now, the Pro R has not been publicly launched uh, with all the specs, 
and all that. And and I really would like just you know, hey, let me get two or three quotes, two or three pictures, ask a few questions uh, for the You're launch. In full stalker mode right now. Yeah. 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 Oh, it's it's yeah. It's yeah. it's 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 pretty bad. It's it's <laughs> it's, it's, it's it's pretty bad. And uh, you know, I mean, I'm like texting everybody in marketing, like, but I'm in here, but I'm here. I'm here in town. Hey. Yeah. Hey, can I bring some donuts by? Would you like you guys like glazed? You know, it's funny. They're not even in the office, pretty much. They're all still at home. Oh, I forgot about that. They're all yeah. still pretty much at home. But everybody's at the R and D facility now. Uh, your engineers for sure. Yes. Yes. Most most definitely. Yeah. Which is which is where I would like to go. The R and D facility. I got to go to the R and D facility at the launch of the Razor or not the Razor, the Ranger One Thousand, not the XP One Thousand, but the single overhead cam Ranger One Thousand. First time I'd ever been to the, and the only time I've been to the R and D facility, and that place is pretty impressive. It's. It's funny because I've been doing this long enough that there wasn't an R&D facility when I first started doing the show. Right. They had like a building up there, and they built uh, the R&D facility. And for the first however long, I remember the guys telling me, there'd be like 20 people going to this massive, you know, $20, $30 million building. Yeah. And then slowly they started to fill it, and slowly they started to fill it, and it got so full that they built an identical one right next to it. Right. And now they have two that are now full. But back in the day, it was like... <laughs> who's coming to work today and now it's changed so much well that's that's what's funny to me is that trip to um the r&d facility and i think that was two years ago when they did the the uh, ranger 1000 launch and i and i kind of knew about the pro r you know or just you know didn't know but just hearing uh talking to people and finding out about it so we're doing this tour of the r&d facility of course it's you know as soon as you come in no phones out, can't do video, yep, can't, yep, yep. you know, it's yep. everything in here, you you can't take this information other than what you can see with your own eyes. And uh, we got in this one room, and there was this rig that had a cover on it, and it was big. And uh, and I was looking at it, and one of the tires and wheels were uncovered. And there was a tire I didn't recognize, so it, it caught my eye, because I, I, you know, I like to keep up with all that stuff, even like tires. Um, but then I looked, and I went... One, two, three, four, five. Hey, this has five lugs on it. Like, what is what is what is this? What is this that has five? And they were like, okay, and Next we're room. And, and we're moving, we're moving, we're moving, and uh, and then we came back through that room, and they had all of it covered where I couldn't see any of it. So that was, uh, you know, I guess one of the the, the test machines in R&D two years ago. We used to film a bunch up there, uh, and we haven't in a number of years, and not just because pandemic, just haven't been up that direction. But you know, back in the day, we were, you know, we got to see the 900 and test right, right. before I come in. I had the same feeling you did. Yeah. And it was like, oh, my God, this is insane. Yeah. Like, this is insane. Yeah. And um, we'd be up there filming something else, and I remember hearing all these, like, tires screeching on this blacktop, and they were doing slingshot testing like, oh. where you couldn't see yeah. it. But it was all this just... <laughs> all this blacktop stuff going on. So it is it is an interesting and fun place to be if you ever, you know, have the opportunity to, yeah. to get up there because they do have a bunch of a land and you'll see guys just pull out with a razor and there's no there's just the seat they're sitting in. Mm -hmm. There's no seat next right. to them and it's just a computer that's hooked up with all right. these cables and cords and they're going to run out and they're testing shocks and suspension and getting all the data points. Well, it's really cool. And talk, uh, talking to some of the engineers there, uh, it being an engineer for Polaris must be for an engineer their dream job mm -hmm. uh, because it's interesting to see these guys are uh, trying to develop a new machine, a new part, and they may 3D print something, throw it on a rig, and just take off out and, and go ride for a minute 
just to see how that how that part is because if that was my job I would be 3D printing every. No, that didn't work. <laughs> I need to 3D print this one. I need you guys. I'll be back in a couple You're hours. Break I'm going the 3D to 3D print machine. <laughs> yeah. we use it so damn I, much. I would be out there testing. You know, like, you know what? The the center cap on this steering wheel. I just don't like it. Let me re- re- reprint. Let me go test it. See if it falls off. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it's it's pretty cool looking area. If you ever wanted to be an engineer in the off road industry, and they have a lot of engineers, and that's one of those things that I see. You know, I think the general public thinks that a manufacturer throws something together and, you know, from, you know, for the first thought in their head to the time it's uh, to the market is in less than a year. And just the simple fact that these guys are building and testing machines for years before they ever go to the end consumer and that their machines that have been built that never made, you know, made it to market that, uh, you know, we talk about the, the RS1. The, you know, the RS1 was uh, originally just drawn on a napkin and was meant more of a joke. Well, why don't we do this? And now we have uh, the, you know, the single seat, you know, basically XP1000 RS1, which to me is one of the most fun vehicles I've ever driven. Um, you know, maybe not practical for me to throw my wife in there with me or, or uh, friends or any kind of parts or, you know, cornhole boards or whatever. But for one person to get in a machine and go, go have fun, that thing is just... It, it's a blast. It is. Yeah. It is. It is. It is. Well, I appreciate you coming in, man. It's been yeah. awesome. When a couple of days ago you texted me and said, "Hey, I'm going to be up in the area or, or whatnot," and I was like, "Hey, come by for the podcast." Yeah, it's great. I mean, yeah. it's a, it's I honor. I appreciate, like I said, the invite and getting the tour of yeah. uh, of the production studios in here. It's like I said, it's kind of a big deal. I mean, I, I you know, I'm I'm honored. I'm, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm honored a, that you were our first guest, and I really appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, and I, and, I, and I want to say this. I think that, uh, you know, outside of Alexa, which I'm not going to count Alexa as a guest because okay. she is part of your show. Sure. But one of the things I was bragging about last night is the only other guest you've had on here is Ian from Full Throttle Batteries. And so, like, I'm number two. I didn't get number the number one slot, but I am number two, and I'm okay with that because people from all over the country have I always said I'm number two. I was waiting for an in-host, you know, yeah. guest. You know, and yeah. so, uh, you know, no, no better one to have than you, man. Man, like, that's you, awesome. You've been in the industry. I appreciate that. I see you everywhere at every event that we ever show up at. And I was like, God, this guy is, there must be 10 Davids because he's everywhere. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, it's enjoyable. It's been a fun ride. And because I get to get to, you know, meet cool people like you and, and do things like this. And this is, I mean, this is huge. It's huge. Come to Minnesota and get to see Jared Christie. How how about uh, let's get out of here and go to lunch? Oh, I'm down with that. Okay, cool. All right. Well, thanks again, man, for joining us. And uh, appreciate everyone listening. And don't forget to subscribe, download the podcast where you can find podcasts. And uh, we'll talk to you again next week. 